this week on the Dry Bar Comedy Podcast. So it was a horrible thing, but also, you know, helped me grow. Man tasered as four people are arrested after police break up a shameful gazebo party. Our hearts might explode mid-podcast. How dare you question the validity of my comedy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Hello there. Welcome to the Dry Bar Comedy Podcast, the only podcast that's funny for everyone where you get to hang out with your favorite dry bar comedians and laugh and get to know them a little bit better. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jordan Macon. And I'm your other co-host, Taylor Nielsen. It's a beautiful day. It's we're, a great day. We're here in the studio. We're happy to be here. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm great. I'm great. We didn't talk before this. We sat down and <laughs> no. now we're just catching up. Taylor, right? You were, are you implying this is contrived like... Small talk that I'm doing. I would here? never imply. Okay, just state Good. it yeah, factually. <laughs> we have a great show, though. I, yeah, I'm super stoked. We have another great guest with us today. Um, he has two dry bar specials with us. His latest middle parent syndrome is one of my favorites, and uh, he's been seen on all sorts of talk shows. Uh, late night with no, no, no. Tonight show upgrade from late night with Jimmy Fallon. It's Tonight, Tonight Show, show Tonight with, Show with Jimmy Fallon, Conan, and more. Give a warm welcome to our guest, Andy Woodhull. Oh, hey guys! Thank you there's, for that warm welcome. That's a huge. Applause I don't want to come in. I don't want to come in like crazy hot, but it is wild that you guys are drinking Red Bull in the AM. <laughs> <laughs> that's we not got something it. you just we, see on a regular basis. Just a Red Bull. It's not even eleven yet. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's how you start your day, man. That Red Bull. What you don't see wakes me up like those artificial flavorings. <laughs> no, yeah. Well what you don't see is the like ten caffeine pills we've popped. Yeah. Each. We've got one of those like medicine uh what are they like the schedule boxes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you call it's them? Just Caddies. Full, it's just overflowing with caffeine pills. Yeah, it's all caffeine They're pills. They're not organized at all. What a dream that you found each other, though, because <laughs> I've never met anyone that drinks Red Bull in the morning, and there's... Here's two just buds that enjoy it together. You guys are drinking Red Bulls like they sponsor this podcast. Yeah, he, he was pushing it. I, I said no initially, and he's like, I'm going to get one. Yeah, yeah come on, get look? a Red Bull. If I'm the only Let's one get, drinking Red Bull, how's that going to look, huh? Let's get wound up. Yeah. And we, Don't make your man drink alone. And we did pull an all-nighter prepping for this interview. That's the main reason. Oh, we yeah, were, good, good. Lots of, we were deep in lots of research on the internet you need to yeah. find about me. Our There's heart, lots yeah. out there. Our hearts might explode. Explode mid podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that'll be great. Uh, so, Andy, we want to ask you a little bit about your mm-hmm. path to dry bar, starting with your origins of comedy. Uh, where did you start out? Uh, I started at the St. Louis Funny Bone in St. Louis, Missouri, way back in 2003. Whoa. If you can believe it, it's been 20 years. Wow. 20 years leading up until this podcast. Whoa, you've made it. How old were you when you started? If 23. You want to talk about age. 23. I'm currently 43. I'm not one of these Hollywood so and so's that won't reveal their age. <laughs> I'll tell you my age. I'm 43. You can barely tell because of all the work I've had done, but I'm 43. Know, you look good. 10 years younger than me, and you're actually 10 years older than me. Yeah, <laughs> but that's just me looking bad for my age. You still look like how you did back at the St. Louis Funny Bone. <laughs> well, that's not true. I mean, if you saw that picture, that little boy, that sweet little boy that had no idea what was in, in store for him. I started just because I always wanted to try stand up. You know, I loved stand up when I was a kid. 
And uh, I had read this Seinfeld book when I was in high school. And he, he said in the book like that he would just carry a notebook around and write down funny things in it. And so I had had this notebook through high school and college that just had ideas in it. And then after I graduated college, I finally had enough uh, nerve to sign up for this open mic night at the Funny Bone. And I tried some of the jokes that were in there. And uh, you know what? I'm not one of these comedy guys that also says he bombed his first time. It went pretty well. (laughs) I don't think I would have done it again if it was a terrible bomb. It went pretty well. Like when I started, the St. Louis Funny Bone had an open mic night that would... If not sold out, it was full. You know, there was like 150 to 200 people in there. It was like a fun thing. And the local headliners would usually host the shows and they would give out advice to the younger comics. And it was a, it was a blast. And then there was a comedy class they offered and I took that. And, uh, you know, I made friends and I just kept, it just became my whole life. See, I don't really like that because I feel like comedy should be really toxic and people fighting to, <laughs> to posture. Yeah, that's, it's like that now, but when I started, I'm telling you, it was very supportive. Every, we, would get, we would all go, we would watch every headliner, and we would uh, hang out after the shows, and we would get together and write jokes. Orange slices. Half-time. Yeah, it was a blast. That's cool. That's similar to Salt Lake City's like that, too. Like, it's really good open mic. People come to the open mics around here, uh-huh. and they're like, this is not normal yeah whenever people talk to me like about where you should live that's where you should live you should live in a place where it's like a fun place to start bigger cities i think are not as fun to start because people have already gotten to a point where they hate themselves and they're not as fun to be around (laughs) you start in a small town where everybody's having fun like really enjoying it still and not wrapped up in like getting this and getting that do yeah. you remember any of your first bits? Did any of them stick with your act at all? Or was it just a <laughs> thing? Yeah, I got tons of early bits. Let's see. <laughs> let's see if any of them weren't so filthy. I can't say them. On the <laughs> yeah, they're not dry bar, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of my first bits, like my first bit that it really worked well, was about uh, milk. It, it was, uh, milk's still funny. I mean, milk, I drink it myself, cow's milk, like once a week. <laughs> Uh, I live in California. You got to say cow's milk out here. <laughs> People are appalled too. I got, I ordered this s'mores brownie at a bar the other day. I was celebrating because I won the lottery. Not like the whole lottery, but I won a I won a thousand dollars on a scratch off ticket. Whoa. Congratulations! Yeah, Congrats. And so we went out to dinner. My lady and I. We went out to dinner, and I'm like, I'm getting dessert. You know, we got so much money now. <laughs> And uh, they had a s'mores brownie, and the bartender goes, it's real dense. We were eating at the bar, you know, we didn't have a reservation because it was a scratch-off. It was a spur-of-the-moment plan. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and uh, he goes, it's real dense. And I said, oh, I better be good with milk, you know, cow's milk. And he laughed at me, and my lady laughed at me, and other people at the bar were laughing. Like, can you imagine an adult just drinking a glass of milk at the bar? And then he uh, would just every laugh. And then uh, when he brought the brownie, then he goes in the cooler and fills a wine glass with cow's milk and brings it over to me. And everyone is laughing. There's people at the bar took a photo of it. They thought it was so funny. And I'm like, this is funny, you know, but I'm happy to pay for it. And the bartender said, uh, you actually can't. We don't have any way to charge for this. 
because we can't imagine anyone ever wanted it. It's like an ingredient here. Right. No right. one no one would ever want it plain. So it's free just because I have no way to charge you. But anyway, one of my first bits was about uh, milk because milk was being advertised a lot. So I would do a bit about like, why does milk need to advertise? Who hasn't heard of milk? That, that was the joke. That's good premise. And then, uh, yeah, and I mean, and now milk does need to advertise. I mean, oats and almonds are coming for him. I don't Lots even know. Lots of competition know. in the milk yeah, world, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. That's but it was like my best joke. It was the joke I was closing on. I'm like, I'm the milk guy. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Gary Goldman did a very similar joke on one of the first seasons of Last Comic Standing, and it was my first experience of just that crushing oh no i'm not the only one that could come up with this <laughs> spoiled uh, milk spoiled but it milk. was a turning point in that like okay so to try to never have this happen again only try to write jokes about specific things that happened to me not general right. things in life so it was a horrible thing but also you know helped me grow are you wanting to accuse Gary Goldman of stealing the bit right now? Because we, no. we can do that on air. Yes. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I've never met him. And he probably doesn't even remember doing that bit. But uh, It's yeah, a poor memory know. for you now. <laughs> it definitely is because I was like, you know, I'm telling, I was closing on it. It was going and people were, I was starting to MC places. And people were like, this guy's funny. You know, get this. And then just uh-huh. all of a sudden you have to quit doing your best joke. Yeah. Otherwise everyone will be like, you stole that from Gary Goldman. Oh, it's right. brutal. Right. Brutal. Yeah. Especially yeah. in like the small comedy circle that I was in where on those first couple seasons of Last Comic Standing and forever people watch Last Comic Standing, but those first couple seasons, like all comics watch it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, this is comedy's doing great. Right. Right. Well, I think maybe it's time to bring back the milk bit. <laughs> think it's been enough time. <laughs> yeah, nobody remembers. Only you remember. Maybe it's enough it. time. That's great. <laughs> Well, I think that brings us to a good question then. So getting started, did you have any comedy like idols? You mentioned Seinfeld, but anybody you really looked up to that you feel like influenced your comedy? Uh, yeah, and they change the more you get into comedy too. I mean, when I first started, it was uh, KSB. <laughs> Uh, sorry, <laughs> who's that? <laughs> we don't, we don't know. No, nobody, nobody. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, Seinfeld was so huge for me. You know, I loved the show so much. And then even like as an adult now, when you rewatch the episodes, it's funny yeah. how many of the inside jokes with my friends growing up were just things from Seinfeld. Like yeah. we to this day, we will do a thing where if someone goes to the bathroom, they will often come out with no shirt on, like George did in the one episode, <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, oh, oh I, you know, because uh, he couldn't go to the bathroom with his shirt on. So Seinfeld was just huge for me, but before I started doing open mics and stuff, I was so ignorant to everything, everything about comedy I didn't know. Now comedy's huge. Everybody knows about stand-up now, but it's... This is, you know, the early 2000s, the night. I thought there was like five comedians in the country. Right. I didn't even know there was comedians that weren't famous. I didn't really even understand that most cities have a comedy club. Uh, so to me, it was like Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Cosby. <laughs> and uh, those were my favorite guys because those were the only guys there were. Right. And then the more I got into it, the more I found other people like... Uh, Gaffigan, Mike Birbiglia, Bill Burr. My first MC weekend was uh, Bill Burr was the headliner. Oh, that's wow. awesome. For my first MC weekend. And he was, 
I had never heard of him. He had just gotten on Chappelle's show, and he just blew me away with how funny he was. And and he was nice, too. And he took us out to eat, like me in the middle act. He took us out to eat, and I, he paid for it. And I'm like, you can't pay for it. Come on, man. And then uh, now I sometimes get to take opening acts out to eat. And I get to be the Bill Burr of the story. I'm like, no, this is just what the headliner does, yeah. kids. That, that uh, happened so to you, Jordan? I, I make the openers pay, but I do take them out <laughs> and then I slide the check across. <laughs> With Jordan, and we've done shows together before. I don't think I bought you any meal because uh, these local comics, you know, they're, they're out. They don't want to hang out in the day. I think I drove you home. <laughs> Me and my wife drove you home. I don't know if you remember that. Or two oh, hotel. maybe I do we remember that. I'm sorry we didn't all get drive through together. I'll Venmo you some cash. Yeah, I'm it, ups- I didn't know the dinner was on the line. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if you took comics out to dinner, but just had a ton of coupons. And insisted on paying with coupons. Where can we go? You guys want to go out to dinner? You like Outback? Yeah. I got a, I got Outback card. I got a free sandwich at Arby's. Here we go. We're going. <laughs> Keep it under twenty dollars. So oh, then, funny. so then, from touring and stuff, how did you get connected with Drybar and and uh, get your first special? Uh, well, just, uh, a friend of mine, Kevin Bozeman, who has a dry bar comedy special, uh, messaged me and just said, Hey, they're doing these things. They're very professionally done. The video looks great. It's a fun weekend. Here's the guy's contact info. And I, you know, just sent, I'm Kevin did everything. I, I just wrote to them and said, Hey, my buddy Kevin said this is fun. Can I do it? And that's uh, that's how I got into Drive On. I think I was in season one or season two, maybe pretty early on. Right. Yeah, because you had one of the longer specials. The early seasons, you did like a forty. Yeah. Minute. Yeah. Good time to be on the dry bar train. Yeah. Right at the beginning. How did it feel when you did it? Did it feel good in the moment, or were you just like, ah, it'll be a good <laughs> uh, yeah? Well, at the, it was like. I had done a bunch of TV things at that point. I had done like Comedy Central half hour. I had done a couple late night spots. And uh, Drybar was the thing, how it was pitched to me was like, you know, this is a clean service. So it's just clean. And I'm, do you mind if I do jokes that I've done on other things? Not at all. We prefer it. We like those jokes. That's why we want to have you here. So I had a tight set that had already been vetted through like different. Show. I think I opened my dry bar set with like the set I did on the Tonight Show, uh-huh. and then the set I did on Conan, like back to back. So it, ne- never have I had a tighter set than that dry bar set. But I also didn't know how big dry bar would become, and so I also had no pressure on me that like potentially my spe- my first special, eleven million people have watched it, and people have come yeah. out to shows, and it's been very cool. And fun, and when I did it, I had no idea that it would end up being the thing most people would know me from. Yeah, and I think probably when you recorded, people at Drybar didn't know how big it would get either. Mm Because you were so early on, right when it was blowing up. Sure, sure, yeah, there was no idea. And uh, so for me, it was just like, oh yeah, well this is fun, this is a weekend where I'm on the road getting paid a little bit of money, and uh, that'll be that. And then it kind of snowballed. Maybe even like two years later when they posted on YouTube, and that's when people really started finding it. Right. Right. That's cool. Well, that being said, maybe we can watch a little clip from your special. 
And sure. Go behind this is the, the first one or the second one? This is the second one? This is the second, second one. one. Okay, yeah. And so the second one happened just because the first one was so successful. Well, not successful, but people liked it. And I felt like I was finding fans through it. So I heard people were doing a second one. So I thought, hey, well, I might as well throw my hat in the ring with the second one. It's immediately post-pandemic. It's one of the like first weekends that I did. Uh, post-pandemic was recording this drive bar special. It wasn't even full audiences yet, but I was hot to get back out because uh, I lived in one of these states where the pandemic was real. I, w- I mean, I wish I wouldn't have. I would have liked one of those ones where it was fake. It seems much easier, but I lived in one of these real states. So I didn't do stand-up for like 15 months, and then uh, I kind of had to come back out and learn how to be a comedian again. And uh, I was amped to do the second dry bar to uh, show the people that watched the first one where my life was at now and where my comedy was at now. Because the first one I recorded in 2017, I think, or maybe 2018, 17 or 18. And, uh, but people didn't really find it until 2020. And so there was a like weird thing where people know me from that, and but that was so long ago for me that uh, I don't know. It's not making any sense what I'm saying right now. Let's watch the clip. <laughs> so, no, I know what you're saying because you had some life changes between the specials. Yeah, so. yeah. I got a divorce, so my first special was so about um, being uh, married and uh, having stepkids. And then when people would come see me on the road, they're like, "Oh, well, I mean, we had no idea." People were like grieving because they had loved these jokes and they're like we miss all the jokes and i'm like well i've been divorced for three years so i apologize that you're just now going through it but it's i've healed already it's sweet in a way but it's also like well i don't know what you want me to do i I, should i call him and see if i can get some fresh material for my ex-wife that's but I I grew and I, I there and the new special there are still some jokes about my stepdaughters who I still have a fantastic relationship with and they're adult women now I mean they're twenty and twenty one when this comes out yeah you do a great wow. job referencing it and bridging the yeah, gap between so the specials it's really funny if you liked the first one watch the second one and see where we're all at <laughs> let's watch the clip let's go let's to the see, clip. Let's go to the clip. We're staying at a nice hotel tonight, but my favorite hotel I've ever stayed at in my life is the Red Roof Inn in central Indiana. You've been to it before? The word of the hotel is spreading across the country. First time I ever checked in in this hotel, I said to the guy at the front desk, $40 a night, is it even worth it? And he said, well, sir, we have a gazebo in the parking lot. I said... Why didn't you say so earlier? I'm calling home for the rest of my things. I live here now. The gazebo was very fun. I love the gazebo because it had two signs on it. The first sign says, use your own risk. Hotel now responsible for accidents. And I've been thinking about it for over a year now, and I still can't think of what type of accident could take place in a gazebo. I always thought of a gazebo as a safe space. I think if something dangerous was happening, I'd be like, quick, let's get in the gazebo. Nothing bad will happen here. It's chill. It's not like a pergola or anything. This is a laid-back environment. The second sign on it says, for hotel guests only. Yeah, I guess a lot of riffraff from town have been showing up and using the gazebo uninvited. 
and it was becoming a real problem for the hotel guests. They're complaining at the front desk. Hey man, my wife and I are out there in the gazebo trying to enjoy the view of the highway you've provided for us. <laughs> Meanwhile, this local knitting circle's taking up all the good spots. How are we supposed to enjoy the sights and sounds from the Cracker Barrel across the street when every couple in this town showing up to get their engagement photos taken? <laughs> There we go. There Great we go. bit from Andy's second special, Middle Parent Syndrome. <laughs> syndrome. Um, so, Andy, I have to ask, did you ever do research and find out why those signs went up? Did you ever figure out what, what happened? <laughs> no, I never got to the bottom of it. It's still a mystery. <laughs> you lose sleep over it? <laughs> no, I've, I've moved on. You know, I've moved on. Yeah. Contemplating bigger ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I did a little bit of research before this interview. Like uh-huh. I said, we pulled okay, them all night yeah. with all the mm-hmm. Red Bulls. Because <laughs> I wanted to know uh, if there has been a lot of you know, gazebo-related <laughs> crime. Oh, really? And I was, That's, this is interesting. I was kind of <laughs> baffled because there seems to be a gazebo crime epidemic going on in our country. Is that the right oh, word? Oh, no. An epidemic? Yeah. yeah. So I just want to read you some of these headlines and get your response to it. Because I was with you, I would assume gazebos are a safe space. But after reading mm-hmm. this, I may yeah. not go to a gazebo ever. You're in, uh-huh. the, you're in the hot seat, Andy. <laughs> yeah. So just, I just wanted to bring these up and chat about them for a second. Um, let's see. So this is from Fox 10 in Phoenix. And the headline <laughs> is, Rhode Island man arrested for allegedly dumping hundreds of needles and syringes at a public gazebo. Which I don't know why that'd be a good place to dump it, but I do want to point out that's Phoenix reporting on this. That's big news all the way from Rhode Island. That's great. You know what I think going on there is maybe like he's dumping the syringes in the gazebo to blame it on the people who hang out in the gazebo regularly. (laughs) They don't have permission. Maybe they're not allowed to be there. Right. Uh, Here's another one. This one might be why the, the gazebo is specifically for hotel guests. Uh, the Evening News reported in August, um, man tasered as four people are arrested after police break up a shameful gazebo party <laughs> attended by 50 people. Whoa, 50? Hey, there has to be people That's hanging out. That's a big gazebo, man. Yeah. You think people are waiting in line to get in? <laughs> There's a bouncer on the... Let me get in the shade for a second. Come on, man. <laughs> Yeah. And even though you can see and hear everyone in the gazebo, it feels bad to be on the outside looking in. I want to be a foot higher than the rest of these people. When's it going to be my turn to get in there? Yeah. <laughs> Please, anything. 50 people in a gazebo. I just want, yeah, and somebody ends up tasered. Jeez. I just did, this was a quick search, and there were so many <laughs> with gazebo in the headline. Uh, like this one, for example. Jogger reportedly threatened with butcher knife. After entering the Lady Bird Lake Trail gazebo. Uh, well, that's one. Everyone knows the Lady Bird Lake's a bad part of town. You don't want to. You don't want to mess around in there. Everybody knows that. That's that's on her a little bit. Well, I feel like I feel like from a ways away, you could probably see the guy with a butcher knife in the gazebo before you entered yeah. it. That's that's the deal with gazebos. No walls, right? That's like. Well, everybody knows Lady Bird Lake is like. A hot meat spot. There's lots of wild game. He was probably dressing something. That wasn't for the jogger. That was. He probably got a few, a few coon, raccoons or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably a misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was. He was saying, "Look at the stuff I." 
skinned. <laughs> Do you actually know Lady Bird Lake? Is that a real? No, no okay. I don't know Lady Bird Lake. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Where is no, that was for really? comedy. <laughs> well, you, it was believable. I, I Lady Bird Lake, it's in Iowa. I'm, you don't, you know, you haven't heard of it? Yeah, we all know. know. I, I, gotta I get knew what it was. I, I just want to see if you knew what it was. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm embarrassingly unacquainted with the gazebo scene in America. <laughs> it's. I need to get out. It's there. part of the ex president's chain of lakes, ex president's wife's chain of lakes. It's in Iowa. It's real great. <laughs> They're all shaped like former first ladies. That's how they get their names. Lady Bird Lake wait, is the wait, deepest of them. Wait, That's the what? interesting thing about it. Like Lady Bird Lake. Is, I'm making all this up. I don't know. Why. It sounds so like I think you're joking, and then I'm like, but it's all, all making sense, actually. Yeah, it's checking out. Is this funny because it's true? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want some more headlines? I want more. I, I, have, I have a lot. You want... Yeah, let's hear some more. I mean, but can I first say, how dare you question the validity of my comedy <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> how dare you call into question how true my jokes about we? gazebos are well the thing i was agreeing with you but as i did the research i'm like this is poking <laughs> lots of holes in andy's, yeah. in andy's com- comedic thesis the, you gotta see the trailer we're gonna post for the podcast after this you're gonna be all grayed out and we're gonna say like andy claims nothing happens in gazebos yeah. and not, <laughs> not to be confrontational andy but when you spread dangerous misinformation, <laughs> such as gazebos are safe, people people get hurt. Yes, how, I mean, how many of these articles happened after Andy's oh, special? Yeah, they're that's, all they're all post twenty twenty. Wow, people were just walking in. <laughs> like a, probably the criminals found out from my special. Like, oh, people think they're safe in there. That's where the money well, is. I have a butcher knife that says otherwise. It's really a free crime free. A free zone for crime. <laughs> like Amsterdam. Yeah, exactly. We have, uh, so we have crazy parties. We have people being threatened. This is from Glasgow, so across the pond. Okay, okay yeah. This is Glasgow Live reporting. And the reporting's a little aggressive. It says, thug who stabbed man on the head <laughs> was found hiding in Glasgow pub gazebo. Which I don't think it's a great hiding spot at Gazebo. No. Yeah, we established no, no walls. And I was talking to Taylor before. On the head is a weird <laughs> phrase. Maybe that's yeah. just how yeah, they say Yeah, they're getting wild with their prepositions over there. It seems like there was force. Well, maybe it's like <laughs> that he's being chased by helicopter, and they've got the bird's eye view. You go into a gazebo, they got, <laughs> you're fo- they're foiled. Exactly. Exactly. And we were saying, too, why would you stab somebody in a gazebo also? It's, I think it's because... God can't see you through the top of the gazebo. If you <laughs> oh, stab yeah, that makes sense, too. That not, checks out. You're not punished that in the hereafter. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's see. This is a fun two-parter. These were released very soon after each other. Uh, first was Kinston police looking for suspects after gazebo destroyed. This was January of this year. And then mm-hmm. the, about a two hours later, I just noticed on the same website, it said, update, Kinston police believe juveniles <laughs> responsible for destroying gazebo. Which they must have brought in a really good detective to come to the <laughs> conclusion there that <laughs> juveniles would burn it. I mean. <laughs> you, you see how little all the feet are around this gazebo? Yeah, yeah. All these, these candy All cigarettes. these footprints are not in adult sizes. <laughs> no, this is not the work We're, of an adult. We I have mean, juveniles here. What a thoughtless crime to deface uh, something as innocent as a gazebo. 
But maybe they had seen how many people had been hurt at the gazebo and they were <laughs> destroying the scene so people wouldn't continue. It was some to vigilanteism <laughs> kind of going on. That's great. Um, all right. I think, let's see. Is that all? There's, another, all the there's lots of gazebos being burned down. Lots Man, of. Why do you want to burn it down? You're asking the it's, right question. Because gazebos are a, lovely. Everyone I've ever been in is just a peaceful oasis, you know? Right. I know this painted they a They usually have a nice view. The, you know, sometimes they're wood. Sometimes they're plastic that looks like wood. Those are nice, too. Yeah. Maybe we can ask you this, Andy, because Taylor and I were debating before the podcast. How do you define, what's the difference between a pergola and a gazebo? What's the difference in your mind? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked that. That's a... <laughs> That's a really important question that people need to be addressing. I'm glad that, yeah. Especially if you I'm glad that you've given me I'm glad that you've given me this platform to speak my truth on the subject. You're welcome. Uh, to me, uh, the difference between a pergola and a gazebo, a pergola is more just kind of like a roof. It's kind of like, you know, a gazebo is circular to me and it has a solid roof and a pergola is usually like a slant, a slanted shade barrier but doesn't have any side structures okay i think that's fair i agree what about how, how does it and also lots of crimes happen in <laughs> <laughs> how does a pavilion I don't go in one if you see one don't go no, don't no, go no, in no. it's not a safe i place. didn't i didn't google pergola crime but i didn't want to yeah. i didn't want to go down it that sounds route sounds bad pergola yeah it has an aggressive I, sound that word just makes me laugh. I think that's so funny. There's lots of fights that take place inside them. There's lots of <laughs> potato salad that's been left out, and it's mayonnaise-based. You don't want to eat that. Toxic the fumes. The shade isn't good enough. You, you'll get sick. <laughs> I mean, we haven't even touched on pavilions either. <laughs> I don't know if we're ready to go there. That's no. a whole other you know what I? You know the big mistake that I made? I saw this huge gazebo. I forget where I was, and I even posted pictures of it online. Like, get a load of how big this gazebo is. And then I got taken to task on the internet. Uh, turns out it was a bandstand. Oh, well, I, I didn't. I this. had never even heard. I mean, I had heard that term like my grandpa say. I saw the Glenn Miller band on a cool bandstand <laughs> out out in the park. But yeah, uh, yeah this, a bandstand is like a big gazebo. So don't make the mistake I did. That's a big part of why I had to. Get off of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, take the heat. canceled over the bandstand. Well, I wonder now if this 50-person party we talked about was actually a bandstand or not. I still want gazebos. Yeah, it could have been a bandstand. could have been a bandstand. Yeah. I, still, I don't want gazebos to be tarnished if they don't have to. Right. I mean, bandstands, that implies maybe a band's in there. Maybe there's mute, live music. Maybe there's standing bands. <laughs> there's, yeah. You guys are really going to end up breakdown. <laughs> You heard the word, and then you were able to split it into two separate words, and then present them we get as to the bottom. Give what us maybe any, made up the bigger word, yeah. Any really, word, give us any word with two words in it. We'll yeah, it down. we'll split it up. We'll take them. We'll take you on a journey to understand the word. I was googling things I thought I'd never Google before this because I was asking Taylor. Do gazebos have to be round to be gazebos? That's in my Google search history. Mm, yeah, a lot of them are hexagonal. Yeah. And there, honestly, Google brings up two responses, and the first one says they are often circular or oct- octagonal, octagonal. Uh-huh. Um, and another top result said if it is not circular, it's not a gazebo. So I don't think there's a consensus among gazebo oh, wow. scholars. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. That's a hot topic. Yeah. Jeez, I don't you dare put gazebo in, in a box. <laughs> <laughs> do we do too much gazebo talk? Yeah, Taylor, should we, should we get out of here? <laughs> This is only our third episode. We don't want to. 
divide our audience no. with this gazebo take? Um, so I guess I, I also just we do our research obviously for this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I just on as far there was a lot of negative news with gazebos, but also there was a lot of positive news where people were just so excited their community finally got a gazebo. Oh, so refreshing to hear the positive side. Thank you guys for this. Too many podcasts are just focusing on the negative. Let's lift gazebos up for a second. Yeah, yeah. talk about the communities that have rallied around these meeting places for much, picnics and engagements. Come right. on. Much like regular gazebos, the discussion, the issue has many sides. You know what I mean? <laughs> that joke will be cut from yeah. the final. <laughs> <laughs> Just make an editor's note. You needed to get that joke closer to when we said they were octagonal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, no we're going to edit it. I don't we're know. Gonna, that's holding out in everyone's mind. It's called a callback. Yeah. Gonna, that's what we're a gonna real deep it. cut callback. We're going to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, why do you think gazebos are so loved? Beloved by people. Why do I think that? Yeah. I think because they're <laughs> picturesque. I think they're a luxury item. I think it's like society has to get to a certain place. Like a lot of basic things for a society have to be already in place for them to put up luxury shade spots by scenic views. Right. I, I think that's why they're so... It's, it's like a status symbol of a community, you know? You, you have like your grocery store... Your church, your downtown area, and now all of a sudden you're like, hey, we got a river. Let's put a gazebo by it. And yeah. now you're in a metropolis. Oh, that's a good point. Because but... I don't spend a whole lot of time in gazebos, but I do like knowing they're there. That's how I feel mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm not sarcastic, unironically. They not cleared that up for me. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for your expertise on this. Some movie. people, unlike you, sarcastic comedians in your ivory tower there in Salt Lake City, us out in the real world here in Santa Monica, California, we care about community, and gazebos bring community together. Is it painful for you? I don't like watching my comedy with people. It really makes me uncomfortable. Do you, does that feel? How do you feel about that? Um, well, I mean, at first there is a it's like uncomfortable to see yourself. It's uncomfortable to hear your voice recorded. Cause it's never, when I look in the mirror, I hold myself at the perfect angle to look the best. Yeah. And then exactly. right. <laughs> like the people shooting the comedy don't take into account that there's only one specific angle that I look good from. I have the whole they don't, chin. I have the whole <laughs> chin like yeah, and they don't do it like that. And your voice sounds different. So it's definitely strange when it starts off, but when you get 20 years into the game like I am and you become so good at comedy and you're so naturally handsome, look 10 years younger than you are, you know, now that all the plastic surgery is piled up, um, it's a pleasure to watch myself. <laughs> that first dry bar special of mine with 11 million views, I'd say 10.5 million are me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was still booking you gigs and stuff, so that's great. It's your own word of mouth. <laughs> Well, Andy, do you have anything you want to plug or tell the audience about? Uh, sure. I'm uh, I'm I'm on tour still, constantly for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> uh, all my tour dates are on andywoodhall.com. You can see them on there. Uh, buy tickets. All the ticket links are there. And I have a podcast myself that I do with two friends of mine, Alex Stone and Tommy Jonigan, called The Backyard Hang. 
And uh, you can see it wherever you listen to podcasts. After you listen to this dry bar podcast, of course. I don't want to compete with you guys. You're going to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> now, and no, it won't because I'm going to do a bad joke about backyard hang. That, what we're better to hang in the backyard than a gazebo. Oh. Is it about a yeah? And if we gazebos? get enough, sub, if we get enough subscribers, maybe one day we'll be able to afford gazebos in our backyards. <laughs> and then we'll also, be able to dream. afford backyards. That's the American yeah. dream, right there. Gazebos, <laughs> as far as the eye can see. Was there anything else we didn't cover? You want to say, Andy, to our dry bar listeners? Anything um, like that? No, but thank you for watching the specials. Please watch the new one. Share it with other people. It is slightly lagging behind the first one in terms of views. And uh, I, I hope everybody likes it. Please comment on it, share it with people, and thank you to the whole Dry Bar fan base for uh, watching me and coming out to shows. You guys are really sweet, and I love you. Yeah, and I'll just second, Andy, your second special is super funny. You've, I've always loved watching well, you thank since you. I've worked with you and seen your comedy. You're so funny. Thank you, thank you. You guys you know, are nice, you know. too. <laughs> you never worked with Andy. You can't say ditto. <laughs> no, I ditto. ditto to half of it. <laughs> but really nice to meet you andy and yeah hope you to... too thanks for having me on guys yeah thanks yeah. for being on the pod andy if think... if you're ever in town and uh we'd love to have you in studio you know or yeah i gazebo. mean we'll see about that it's tough to <laughs> sorry <laughs> we're gonna cut all the gazebo stuff yeah. right of that course was... of course i would love to, i would love to come in next time in salt lake city i'll, I'll happily come awesome yeah, that's great that's great. Well, to our dry bar. Keep a Red Bull on ice for me, fellas. Oh, you know I always got one for you, homie. You know we got it. Twice as big. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, to our dry bar listeners, we want to thank you for watching. And uh, we hope to see you next time or have you listen to us next time. Uh, check drybarcomedy.com for upcoming shows and merch and the latest dry bar specials. We'll see you in a week. Bye, everybody. Bye now.